tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. Sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Max show. Great to have you with us today. Hopefully you've got a big day planned. Big day meaning get out and take on the world. We're not too old for this. <laughs> Getting too old for this kid. So, uh, Mark, you sent me this thing yesterday and yeah. it says eco-activist. And oh. I'm going to be honest with you. When it said eco-activist glue, mm-hmm. all I could think of is most eco-activists I know are liberal pinko commies. Mm-hmm. And I've always thought they were glue sniffers. Yeah. So, with that in mind... Give me the rest of the story, okay? Well, there's a group called Just Stop Oil. Guess what they want to do? Uh, he's the, the protester from this group, Just Stop Oil, glued himself to a radio station's microphone while he was live on the air. Climate activist Nathan McGovern, he's 22, and of course he knows everything about everything in the world at that age, was speaking to Tom Swarwick in LBC's Westminster studio, this is in the UK, when he glued his hand to the microphone. Around 11.40 a.m., Mr. McGovern said the station was not using its massive platform to inform listeners of the dangers of the climate crisis. The broadcaster confirmed later that Mr. McGovern had been questioned by the police. He said Uh he pulled the stunt because people need to be aware. Speaking live, Mr. McGovern said to Mr. Swarbrick, you have a massive platform, a microphone that you can use to tell people about the situation we're in, and you're not using it. An ordinary person like me is having to take the microphone and tell your viewers the situation we're in. Well, hmm. LBC, the LBC presenter said, for those of you listening, wondering what the banging on the microphone is, Mr. McGovern seems to have, uh, you glued yourself to the microphone? Oh, that's fantastic. After the incident, <laughs> the, LB, uh, the LBC presenter and the Daily Mail columnist Andrew Pierce took over the live program from Global's Leicester Square before handing it back to Mr. Uh, to Mr. Swarback when he arrived there. During this time, though, Mr. McGovern, the protester, they left him in the studio, turned off the lights, and just waited for the police to get there. It just shows you that we're all the same, because you and I would have done the same thing. <laughs> it's exactly uh, every radio guy I know would have done the same thing. What's you he going to do? He's glued to the mic. Yeah. Turn the lights off, leave him in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. You, you realize that we have an on-off switch on your microphone, you moron? <laughs> That's right. Oh, my God. Yeah, and you can yell yeah. as loud as you want to. I don't even have to have mm-hmm. my microphone. We're going to so-and-so in the field. <laughs> Merry Christmas. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. It is, what is today? Thursday the 7th? Is that where we are? That's correct, sir. Yes. You know, I try to get that in every show at least once uh, because I want y'all to know that we are here doing the show. Yep. Um, mainly because you have no idea of the number of radio stations that you listen to during the day uh, where there's nobody in the studio. Mm-hmm. The computer is running the show. And the voice tracks were done by somebody like me and Mark mm-hmm. and in Birmingham, Alabama, and, and you're listening to us in Oakland. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we're the redneck tag team, you know, sexiest fat men in Oakland. You yeah. know, it's like yeah. whatever you want to look at, that's all over. Yeah. It's funny like that. I think it's awesome. But I drove by a radio station that we were looking. Well, I say we were. I want to keep it current. We are looking at as mm-hmm. a possibility for life radio. Yeah. And um, there was nobody there. And I mean, Mark, when I say there was nobody, it wasn't like lights are on, nobody's home. <laughs> Doors were locked, lights were out, and the station yeah. was on the air. Yeah. I went to the, I'm looking at the studio because they have this big window. I look in and I'm going, well, that, there's nobody in there. 
<laughs> I, nope, there's not even a reception. They're not even yeah. pretending. Yeah. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I, oh, it was just nuts, man. Uh-huh. I mean, it really was. It's so frustrated me because you remember um, mm-hmm. our industry really has changed. And we're not going to talk about the good old days because, you know what? When I got into radio, Mark, um, I remember getting lectured by my very first program director, Buck Poe. And Buck said, Dave, you have to learn how to run every board. You got to learn mm-hmm. everything in here. And the reason why is, we're not always going to have an engineer to run things for you. Right. You know, you're going to have to do this. I was, I got into radio when you still had an engineer on site yeah. that helped with things. And now there's an engineer for radios for a hundred radio stations, yeah. but he's nowhere to be found. He has to fly in, you yeah, know, that's true. In a lot of cases, oh it's very true. Yeah. Yeah. But I if did. you're listening to terrestrial radio in the middle of the day, chances are whoever yeah. you're listening to requires, recorded that break earlier yeah. somewhere else and or they're or they actually are working but what you hear is not live and they're not in your city they're, right <laughs> yeah. and you know what yeah. that's the funny thing because you can listen to uh, like in birmingham on uh erc the news talk 105.5 right um jt yeah. who is a phenomenally talented guy Great as a matter of fact yeah if i owned a radio station anywhere and needed um to, he would be one of the guys i would hire to do what's called voice tracking mm-hmm. because he does such a good job at it and um, i don't know when he'd do it <laughs> no because you know what he does he does the morning show at werc right as a talk show yep. but then you can hear him doing afternoons in houston on a music station right, you know yeah actually to be more specific you can actually hear him doing music stations in the birmingham coverage area yes you can <laughs> You're going, I thought, weren't you a news guy? Yes. Wait a minute. And okay, I heard you talking. You follow him on Facebook, and he says, hey, I'm at the beach. And then you're going, no, I'm listening to you on this station here. Right. <laughs> you know, it's so funny, Mark. You know, years ago when his son, his son, JT's son was a walk-on uh-huh. at Alabama. Yeah. Okay, he played at Hoover High School. Big program there. But when he graduated, no, he, no scholarship offers were com- forthcoming. He had a dream of playing football at Alabama, so he pulled the old Rudy playbook of Notre Dame, and he went to Alabama, worked out, and, you know, he made it as a non-scholarship player. Hmm. And he fought his way in, and the guy played in the national championship game and actually tackled him. Mean, he wasn't just a filler. He wasn't yeah, a tackling yeah. dummy. He actually, be, and the thing is, he got a scholarship. He worked his way into it. And so in his la- his senior season, JT uh, and his wife, they went to, you know, a lot of the games. Yeah. And um, anyway, so they had me doing his talk show. So I was doing the morning show for, for, uh, him and then taping a show for my market. And yeah. I'm like, there's something really wrong here and I'm a party to it, but yeah. I love it, you know? And so yeah. anyway, it's the same thing. What you think? It's cool. It's cool. On one hand, on the other hand, it's really sad to walk through a facility and to see what once was a bustling place mm-hmm. with all right. of these studios and all of this equipment and the glowing computer mm-hmm. screens and the boards, the, the control boards all lit up and everything. And then watching as you walk by, you're watching everything play itself. Everything right. is, you know, and there's no people there. They, right. they're, they're people on the air, but there's nobody there. Right. You know, and that's yeah, kinda, lights are on. Nobody's home. Yeah. It's just weird. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and uh good to have you with us today i wonder mark after the rain i meant to ask you this yesterday but in our area we have had a number of uh, blustery days yesterday it was so muggy and so thick and heavy weather wise uh, yeah 
Um, I actually videotaped a pollen river, you know, <laughs> and it to uh, me. <laughs> yeah, I sent it to Mark because that I'm, you know, the thing is when it rains like that and it settles all the pollen down, mm-hmm. does it take a couple of days to come back or do you feel it immediately? Uh, I'm just curious. It's not that long. It doesn't take that oh, okay. long. It's just it's, oh, because strange. the thing is that pollen, pollen is active. It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's on the move yeah. at this time of the year. So <laughs> the rain knocks it out of the air for a little while, but it's, it's right back. It's just, okay. it's. It's kind of nice right after right after the rain. It's really nice. You take a big whiff. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And then a couple hours later, don't go outside. <laughs> well, I saw the reason I asked, you, I saw something on Facebook. It was the picture of like a pollen spore or something, you know, mm-hmm. oh. and it looks like the death star from I star po- wars I posted that yesterday oh okay <laughs> that was me <laughs> okay well see i pay so no attention man somebody shared it now i'm gonna have to go back and say hey you didn't credit my buddy <laughs> well anyway i ran hey, across the sidebar i ran across a memory you know the facebook memories uh-huh. they, yeah. they show them to you every day and one of my facebook memories was just <laughs> and I had just captioned it. <laughs> That's all I did. Yeah. And it's it's the slow motion slow motion video of this tree being cut down, and it falls over. And when it hits the ground, it explodes in this huge cloud of yellowish green pollen dust. It just <laughs> <laughs> <How> funny. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and max show where we are not not going to do this whole reminiscing thing because when i look back on that uh, oj simpson high speed low speed chase right Mm -hmm. yeah um you know when he was supposed to turn himself in uh and he didn't and al cowlings is driving the white bronco with oj in the back seat Mm -hmm. holding a wig a gun and cash you know yes um and it ended up being all-consuming millions of Americans and maybe people around the world stopped to watch that low-speed chase. Right. It was amazing, yep. incredible. Yep. And by the way, if you ever watch the very ending, and I, I'm, you'll probably look at it now that you're hearing us talk about it, watch the ending when they arrive back at O.J.'s house and the first guy that runs towards O.J.'s car is his oldest son from his first marriage. His name's Jason. Mm-hmm. That's the guy that I believe did the killing. Okay. But that's just me, okay? Because anyway, I'm I'm one of four people in America who doesn't believe OJ did it. So wow. um, anyway, whenever there's a story about a not so high speed chase, yeah, that's what I go back to is that OJ Simpson <laughs> white Ford Bronco, the slow white Bronco, and all of the jokes that came out of that too. Oh <laughs> man, it was it, if you're young enough and don't remember um, what it was like back then, think of how bad the Will Smith thing was with all of the jokes after that. Uh, yes. And that's pretty much what you got. Yeah, pretty much. Well, deputies in Harris County, Texas said they received a call about a man driving a tractor on Hardy Road and attempting to enter the main lanes of the tollway. Once deputies Mm. caught up with the guy, they realized it was actually a forklift, not a tractor. The man refused to stop. He reached reached speeds, blistering speeds, of around 18 miles an hour, according to (laughs) authorities. (laughs) After about a 20-minute slow-speed chase, deputies said the man came to a stop. He was taken into custody without incident. After an investigation, it was determined that the, the, this forklift had been stolen, <laughs> and since then, the owner's been found. The suspect oh was identified as 38-year-old Justin David Brown. He was charged with evading. Nobody was injured in this blistering fast 18-mile-an-hour chase. All right, you're sitting in the jail cafeteria. <laughs> yes. 
trying to eat the frozen fish that has not been cooked all the way. <laughs> and how'd you get caught? Because you, you, I got away with the forklift, man. I had it. I had a buyer for it. I was ready to go. How'd you get caught? Well, I didn't plan the getaway. <laughs> what did you do? I drove it. Really? Even drunk drivers go on side roads, right? They don't drive on the highway. <laughs> this guy takes a forklift on the highway. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's not a getaway. No. That's a come get me. <laughs> liferadio.fm mark and max show or by golly if we didn't have tiktok today mark i don't know what we would do you know well, I, we'd have less to talk about that's for sure oh buddy <laughs> you know it's so funny because before tiktok uh, there was vine and vine was i was bought by the guys that did they just you know it's an app that was out there they redid mm, it rebranded it and right. boom yeah. it's like really brilliant branding i'd never even heard of it until a friend um who had younger children got into it a few years ago and um, they kept talking. So, you know, I don't want to be excluded. So when somebody says, Oh yeah, this is TikTok video. I would just, Oh, okay. God, got to catch up to it. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm making a note. Tick. Is it TikTok or TikTok? What was that? Is it <laughs> anyway? Now a woman is explaining how to pronounce her pretty name. Uh-huh. uh-huh. Everybody gets it wrong. She is taken to TikTok to explain how to pronounce her name. <clears throat> her name is, uh, is it's the first five letters of the alphabet a b c d e a b c d e elaine sutton it's it's those letters elaine sutton said she can see how people get confused as not many people are named after the first five letters of the alphabet she said people go with obesity (laughs) Ah. ab city or just alphabet and now she's Mm -hmm. corrected them all because they're all wrong she said her name is actually pronounced absidy like a b s i d y absidy which makes you makes sense if you think about it i mean because it does kind of make sense you look at it oh i I can see how that works and soon her followers on social media were saying how much they liked her name well since the video's been was uploaded to tiktok let's see this is the 29th of march it's been watched two million times and thousands of people have commented with even more questions for absidy wow Mm -hmm. i was thinking Abby, somebody. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking, did you slap your mama? (laughs) You got me an abnormal brain. (laughs) Just go by a lane and it's done. (laughs) Liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max show and... Mark and I, just to be very clear, if you're a first-time listener, um, hey, how did you find us? No. Um, <laughs> we love our pets. We love our dogs, cats, living together, mass hysteria, the whole nine. Mm. And we have uh, both had pets that were really parts of the family for a long time. Yeah. And um, I, I'm i reminded of my wife's dog, Baby. Yeah. Um, baby died at 23. Whoa, wow. uh, she was a chihuahua. Mm. Now, the part about that is when LaDonna was nine years old, her dad took her to what used to be called the dog pound. I don't know what it's called now. Yeah. I mean, hotel for dogs or something. <laughs> um, uh, you know, anyway, the dog pound is where she wanted to go. Um, and she picked out baby. Um, no telling how old baby was when she got her. Okay. Right, but yeah. imagine this at nine years old, she got baby and baby was with her from nine all the way. Like just, 
23 years. Think of all the things that happened between the age of nine and 30, you know, mm-hmm. three yeah, or 32. And that's what she had. So when baby did pass away, we knew it was coming. She was having right. medical issues yeah. that you kind of go, I don't, how do you let this go? Do we need to have her stuffed or, you know, there's gotta be something. And <laughs> I thought, okay, wait a minute. Hold on. Hold the phone because baby was part of the show at that time. Baby was a mm-hmm. running baby was in our theme song. Yes. Smelly she was smelly yeah, dog. Right. Smelly dog. Yep. Remember? Yeah. She was so old. She stunk so bad. Her breath. So bad. It was just, Oh, but, and you know, I could just see the next natural step of baby's evolution would to oh, have yeah. been taxidermy. That would yes. have been it. I thought it would be a good idea. <laughs> but, you know, anyway, now people are going. Now, I thought that was a good idea. I was talked out of it, obviously, because other family members said, oh, I hope you do. And I'm like, really? I thought they were going to like volunteer to help pay for it, knowing how close LaDonna was to her dog but everybody in the family hated baby mm. and so they were like get her stuffed i'm gonna kick her i'm like dude really You're, you know anyway so that's that is by the way that's why i didn't do it i didn't have because of how the family was like oh please do it i can't wait to kick her and smack her and i'm like really oh gosh i thought she lost those teeth naturally i didn't realize y'all were taking turns you know well no wonder so, she was so mean there you go yeah, what came first, the meanness or so anyway, now dog owners have gone the doggone path of mm-hmm. cloning pets. OK, yeah, which, true. hey, you know what? Go watch Pet Cemetery. It doesn't end well. <laughs> no, not a good idea. Uh, some owners have uh, have actually turned to extreme lengths and to spend more time with their precious pets. And a company in Texas called Viagen Pets, they're a world leader in animal cloning has been developing cloning and reproductive technology for more than 15 years, and people have been spending tens of thousands of dollars to create their pet's genetic twin. At a cost of about 52000 bucks for dogs and 33000 for cats, Viagen Pets works to create an identical twin of the donor pet by using a tissue sample from the original animal. Collected during a biopsy, the sample is used to create new cell uh, cultures with the same a genetic makeup it's frozen until the owner chooses to begin the process and from there specialists fuse the nucleus of a donor egg with the frozen cells to produce an embryo and put it in a surrogate animal the statement their statement says a cloned cat or dog shares the exact genetic identity of the donor pet just as naturally occurring identical twins share the same exact genes cats and dogs delivered by cloning have the same genes as their donor pets and will be the closest match possible to the donor this is best described as identical twins born at a later date hmm. you know if you've got $52,000 laying around, <laughs> Mark and I can come up with a better way to spend it. Just saying. Okay? Mm-hmm. We'll help you. Uh-huh. You know? Think of what you could... All right. Look, you're not going to get into the class warfare thing or anything else, because I get it. I understand some people really do have a uh, oh, an yeah. attachment to their pets that goes beyond, you know, what one would think. And until I had uh, Tanner, I observed... Right. how others were close to their pets. I never had that. Right. Um, I certainly liked certain pets over the years, but I'd never had that connection mm. with a pet. When I did, it did change a lot about the way I look at things, believe it or not. And so I get it. I understand why somebody would want this. And 
I'm just thinking like most, how far are we from doing this to people? You know, because that's what happened in Stephen King's cemetery. Mm. First it was the pets. Then it was the human. Uh Oh yeah. Go watch Chucky. Okay. <laughs> no, don't just no, please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mag show great to have you with us today hey we do ask every day if you don't mind would you share this with somebody just say hey listening to liferadio.fm the music is uh, the soundtrack for your life you'll have a great time Uh, whenever i'm in a store or something and i hear christian music playing i feel i just feel better about spending my money there first of all yeah um second of all i'm like is that us you know because whenever (laughs) i get in hannah's car christian music is playing i'm like you, you know, yeah. bless your heart, baby. Come on. It's right there on your phone. I put the app right there. <laughs> You're using a different app. Why? <laughs> it's like, uh, anyway. So if you get the chance, liferadio.fm, Mark and Mac show. Um, so Mark sends this story yesterday and all I could think of were sock puppets, mm. you know, <laughs> lamb chop. <laughs> yeah. <I> gotcha. <laughs> I'm, that shows you how old we are. It's yeah, like, that's sad. I just remember the lamb chop being a, a puppet on, right. you know, where, and, and oh, I yeah, don't know yes. much more about it. It's kind of like watching romper room or something, right. you know, Sherry Lewis and lamb chop. Yeah. I remember. Okay. Yeah. Well, Sherry Lewis was not involved. Police in the UK are investigating a spate of bizarre attacks, which saw crooks stuff lamb chops inside an exhaust pipe of a car. Now, this is not the sock puppet. This is actual lamb chops. (laughs) Officers were called on April 2nd at 9.35 p.m. after reports that eggs and raw meat were thrown at property, uh, a property in the area at that time. The officers also, uh, the offenders, I should say, also stuffed lamb chops inside the exhaust pipe of a vehicle, while raw chicken legs were left hanging from the wheels. Food was also thrown at a property nearby. Police shared images of the incident as they appealed for information over social media about the incident. Yeah. <laughs> well, there you go. Hmm. If these are yours, did you lose chicken legs <laughs> on April 2nd? I know. It's like, really? is Well, you know, when you take guns out of the equation, you just start weird, you know, getting weird about every crime. <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and mag show good to have you with us today i saw a headline earlier mark um when i say the name kid creole does that remind you of anything does that sound familiar kid creole and the coconuts anything it makes me think of a like for some reason an elvis movie but oh okay oh king creole (laughs) Ah, how funny well the kid creole was yeah um a rapper with um if you go back to the early days of rap uh, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. Okay. And he was part of that, uh, Kid Creole. Uh, he went out on his own later on as Kid Creole and the Coconuts, and I think they had a hit or two. But anyway, one of the one of the big hits from uh, the Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five days was a song called The Message, and it, it really did hit home for many, many people, you know. And I remember this song. I remember, you know, thinking... I don't know that this is really a dance song, you know, because it's a message. But anyway, a couple of years ago, uh, Kid Creole actually was arrested uh, for a murder Ooh. for killing a homeless guy. And um, 
this he was I'm looking at it now. He was arrested and charged back in 2017. It was uh, the stabbing of a homeless man in New York City. At trial, the DA uh, says prosecutors showed that Kid Creole was walking past the homeless man on the street when the two exchanged words um, with Creole walking past the man before eventually turning around, confronting him, and stabbing him twice with a steak knife. Now, I was thinking about this, Mark, because... Many's the day I've been walking downtown on the street and wondered, where did I leave my steak knife? You know, I, it's not in that pocket. It's not in this. Where is my steak knife? Hmm. Because I always keep my steak knife on me. I don't leave it in the drawer at the table. I always have my steak knife with Uh, me uh, just in case I see a homeless guy, you know, (laughs) got to steal his food. Oh, is that it? Anyway, a group of tourists actually discovered the man's body, um, a couple of minutes after the stabbing, which I don't know if that's actually discovering a body. If you see somebody bleeding out on the street, yeah. chances are you saw something more than just the body. <laughs> um, he died of his wounds at a hospital later on. But uh, anyway, a uh, kid left the scene, ran two blocks away to his office. Um, he changed his clothes, cleans the knife, um, and then he was arrested later on. Anyway, he was convicted of the murder. Okay. Okay. Um, and... I'm thinking about this and I'm going when, when something like this happens, okay, regardless whether the person is famous or not, I'm wondering what could have transpired on that street where two people meet up, exchange words. And one thinks the only thing to do is to stab the other person. Mm. I mean, I, I, for the life of me, Mark, I really cannot think that's a, a normal response to anything that you may as well say that at, I don't know, you smack a guy in the face in front of the entire world of the Academy Awards, you know? Oh, I guess I'm thankful that Will Smith didn't have his steak knife with him now. Mark and Mac mornings only on life radio.fm. liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and uh, hey you know what it is great to have you with us today we do appreciate it uh no matter where you happen to be because you know back back in the old days mike you know <laughs> think about how life has changed you know um, i always think about those people that were born in like okay just to throw it out there somebody that was born in 1900 okay yeah all the things they saw in their lifetime because you got to figure if you have memories that start when you're just say five, 1905, and you live to be 80. Okay. Right. All the things you saw from the automobile, you know, back in 19, it's like when you were five years old, was Birmingham electric battery company in Birmingham, Alabama, mm-hmm. they were a company to, that was actually set up to service batteries for electric cars. Yeah. But anyway, I just think about that. Sometimes you would have seen, two world wars you would have seen you know airplanes going to the moon i mean all in one lifetime how about that there had to been help man Mm. how do you go from in when you're born in 1900 to horse-drawn carriages and things like that to putting a man on the moon 69 years later i can't i mean dude i'm telling you we had help from aliens but (laughs) before we go too far i'm just you know 
<laughs> you think but about it. All those from things the, happened. Yeah. I'm just thinking and, from the time that Kennedy said, hey, we're going to the moon until we went to the moon was just a few years. Yep. And everybody said, yeah, we're going where? <laughs> yeah. And when he said that, you got to remember, he said that a couple of weeks after Alan Shepard became the first American in space. Mm-hmm. And the Russians had orbited the Earth with right. Yuri Gagarin. Yeah. We did. We got a cannonball shot that barely exactly. made it to space. Right. And it came straight back down. I shot an arrow in the air and there it comes. Mm-hmm. That's a, we hadn't even been able to orbit. And he said, we're going to the moon. And we did. <laughs> and everybody so, at NASA went. Go. Oh, Oops. <laughs> million six. <laughs> Life radio dot FM. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, uh, for years, I remember you telling me when you were uh, doing the sound stuff at your church mm. years and years ago, yeah. how um, you, <laughs> we have women in the choir. And um, they would get frustrated over the thermostat. You know, right, they're always yeah. freezing. I'm so cold. Why is it so cold in here? Mm-hmm. It's 100 degrees, Grandma. I'm freezing. I don't know why I'm freezing. Can you give me my sweater? I need my sweater. I'm freezing. No, you're not. <laughs> anyway, so your church or somebody in your church had the idea. Yeah. Well, we're going to put the thermostat, leave it right there, mm-hmm. and they can adjust it as they want. But it's it not, just it's not, he's not hooked up to anything. No. It's just not because the thing is that the air conditioning, the, 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 the HVAC unit outside would freeze up because they kept adjusting it up and down and up and down and up and down. It right. freeze up. And finally somebody said, why don't we put that thermostat in the choir room back behind the stage and leave that one just there unhooked. <laughs> Love it. Bing. Love it. <laughs> so that was just one of the many conversations we've had about the thermostat. And yeah. The other day we were talking about, you know, you would think at this day and time, which is where I was headed a few minutes ago, talking yes. about, you know, in 69 years, we went from power yes. flight to the moon and, yes. you know, we can't have a thermostat that you just set it at 68 and it does it. And mm-hmm. I know they exist. I'm talking about this should be the norm. Yeah, there shouldn't should be. be anything but this. Right. You shouldn't have to spend $300 to get that feature. Right. It should just be in every one of them. Yeah, it should be. So we got a, uh, a friend chimed in to help. Yeah. Lori from, uh, from Orlando. Uh, she, posted on our facebook page hey uh, hey mac i heard you talking about thermostats the other day last night i saw a commercial for a no touch voice controlled alexa thermostat on amazon well that's that's a very helpful suggestion Lori. but dave is never going to put alexa in his house <laughs> well mark um you're gonna die actually Haley and her husband kyle that's what they gave me oh really uh, for christmas they yep, gave you an echo an echo dot uh-huh yeah well, they gave me a whole bunch of stuff yeah well oh yeah, i hadn't opened it i mean they told me what it was well i will walk you through the process because that's what that's how i've conquered that at my house is is i use alexa and I have a I have a time thing set up where it turns the it turns the heat or the cooling it changes the temperature at certain times of the day. Like it gets cool at night. I I, I want it cold in the house or cool in the house at night. I ha- at eight thirty it ramps the thermostat down. So when we go to bed, it's chilly in the house. And in the morning, before we get up, about a half an hour before we get up, it ramps the temperature back up again. So it's warm when we get up. And <laughs> the only thing it won't do. We're back to square one. It won't change from heat to cool. That's there you go. It still won't do it. <laughs> See, that's what gets me every time. But anyway, uh, so big thanks, Lori, and uh, thanks. to everybody else listening in the Orlando area. We love you and appreciate you. And you know, please, hey, share it. Yeah, we love it. Life Radio FM. It's the Mark and Mac Show, and. 
You know, Mark, <laughs> off air, just while the music was playing, we were goofing around about KRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. Um, because I got you somehow have put the Banana Splits theme song in my brain, and I don't know why. Oh, yeah, there it is. Oh. Oh. I, I can't do that, no. And then, <laughs> thankfully, you then sent me KRP in Cincinnati in my headphones. You know, the theme. There you go. And I sent you a text the other day when I found out there's an actual WKRP cast podcast. Wow. And um, they actually... Um, they. they actually like watch episodes and talk about it but they the show they took it on the road to cincinnati for uh the opening of major league baseball season in cincinnati and uh, they had hotel reservations and anyway i didn't know anything about this uh, at all and anyway it's just one of those little things that for many of us in radio that are in our age group uh you kind of have the before and after krp Mm. because before KRP, I actually was in high school working at a local AM daytime radio station, and I wasn't doing a lot on the air. I was I was still in my you know kissing butt stage. You know, uh. I was trying to get that. I was you know typing up PSAs, uh, dumping the trash, washing yeah. the car, mowing. The, I was doing all that. Yeah, uh, I did get one minute each week, and it was a local sports update on Saturday at eleven fifty nine a.m. And it actually wasn't even a full minute; it had to be fifty eight seconds long. Hmm. And uh, it would play right before the top of the hour news break at noon. And I'm telling you, man, you can get a lot of info in that one minute if you try hard. <laughs> but You'll never when, remember uh, any of it later. But you can no. <laughs> it, it sounded like the disclaimer at the end of a car ad. OK, I know. So, anyway, that was uh, I was doing that for um, almost a year before KRP hit. And when it did, all of a sudden. Nobody knew because nobody listened. It was an AM daytime radio station. It played country music. Right. No high schoolers were listening to that, you right. know. Yeah. So nobody knew. And I used a different name on the air. And anyway, once Carapy hit and became a, a, a hit show, mm-hmm. all of a sudden there were rumors about, hey, <laughs> isn't there a guy here that works at a radio station? <laughs> and it was like the rumor mill, yeah. you know. And all of a sudden I had people going, you're that guy that works with the radio station, right? Mm. And I was all, I was like, how did you know that? You know, anyway, <laughs> just, it was just weird how KRP shaped. There are so many people that had a career in radio because of KRP in Cincinnati. True. Yeah. And it, because Johnny fever and that cast made it look so fun. Yeah. Yep. <sighs> and they got so much right. And, oh, yeah. and, and you know what? It's because the guy that created it was a radio right. guy. But he uh, out of uh, out of Atlanta, Georgia, mm-hmm. and and they, he was at WQXI. Everybody who was in broadcasting, everybody in radio went, "Yep, that guy works at our station. Yep, that girl yep. works at our station. Yep, that's mm-hmm. they all went. They got yep. the characters all right. You ran into all yeah. of those people. It was fun. And you know, you so when you watch it, that's why it has that yeah. ring of truth. Still, one of those episodes, Mark. Um, oh well. Okay, we were talking earlier today about voice tracking and how a lot of the radio stations that people listen to don't actually have somebody in the studio. And Venus Flytrap was the night DJ on the station. He was cool and hip. Mm -hmm. Venus Flytrap. Anyway, well, um, Venus, uh, when he wanted to get busy with uh, a female Uh, companion during his airship, he actually recorded on reel-to-reel an hour of the show or whatever. Uh, And he'd put that on and could do his own thing and come back to it. Well... There was a a robbery at a jewelry store in their building one night, and 
it was at night and Venus was the only guy like in the studio and they're like, well, obviously Uh-oh. he didn't do it. And that's when they found out, uh-huh. oh, wait a minute. So Venus was voice tracking in the seventies, man, you know, <laughs> and, Ahead of his and be, you know, anyway, it's just one of those little weird things that you look back on and you go, wow, that was kind of a precursor. You yeah. Know? Yeah. As to, you know, where things are now. It's just funny. Yeah. We had a great show though. It was. Man. Okay. I believe we need to check out this podcast. I'll do it today and get back with you tomorrow, Mark. You should check out the link I just texted to you. Yeah, I saw the, uh, yeah. Yeah, I heard it. I'm not going to open it while we're talking on the air because, you know, it was pertinent. Next thing you know, it was pertinent to the segment. So, yeah, Yeah, I know. (laughs) But I get stuff from my wife that says, don't forget. You know, know. that's why I don't open them. I just, I just just sent you a place where you can get uh, KRP t shirts. That's it. Oh, okay. Yeah. See? (laughs) Thanks. You're welcome. LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. Good to have you with us today. We appreciate it. You know, you got choices for how you're going to start your day and just thankful you're starting with us. There is a podcast of the show available at uh, about 10 o'clock central time. Yep. You know, wherever your favorite podcasts are found. <laughs> Meanwhile, back at the ranch, the, here's the headline. Ski resort closes season with dummy downhill event (laughs) yeah a british columbia ski resort celebrated the end of the ski season with their annual downhill dummy event Uh, they saw 13 faux skiers sent careening down the slopes the apex mountain resort said 13 dummy skiers assembled by employees and local residents took to the slopes during the weekend resulting in some spectacular crashes (laughs) <laughs> this sounds like something you would think up as a kid, you know? It does. Hey, let's get mannequins and put them on skis and shove them down the mountain. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's the highest flying dummy downhill in the world that we know of, they say, because it goes off our aerial site where you do big jumps. No other dummy oh. downhill goes off an aerial site. So these dummies are literally 60 to 70 vertical feet in the air before they crash land. Wow. <laughs> That's what James Shalman, he's the Apex Mountain Resort General Manager, says. He says about 500 spectators showed up to watch the event. <laughs> that's it? Yeah, that's what I I'm mean, thinking. Wow. You do some more publicity, buddy, because this is gold. This is this is. Yeah, I've never stuff. heard of it. I mean, yeah. all I'm thinking is I would have gotten in so much trouble if I told my mom <laughs> we were doing a dummy downhill. Uh-huh. Dave, <laughs> you know they can't help it. Come on. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mac show where just about everything we do, we can go like a few minutes ago talking about the dummy downhill. Yeah, right. Yeah. And <laughs> Mark and I both were like, yeah, but if it had been us, you know, well, we never live, never lived in ski country, you know? Yeah. So as, as, as kids, we would have done that with dummies on bikes <laughs> or, but it go- wouldn't have been dummies. It would have been us. Well, I guess it would have been dummies. So, you know, well, that explains some of my childhood injuries. <laughs> yeah. I was the you dummy on the bike. <laughs> it reminded me of Burt Reynolds in the movie deliverance when, uh, you know, when in the movie, when Burt breaks his leg and all that, and, and he basically is not able to do anything for the second half of the film. Right. And when they were shooting that scene, Burt was talking about the, you know, that when they would let a dummy, you know, a, mannequin dummy right go yeah. over you know the uh, rapids and falls and all that it didn't look real no it never and did no <laughs> bert was like i can do it you know bert stuntman all that athletic guy and he's mm-hmm. like i can do it and the director looks at him and goes bert says he can do it bert can do it <laughs> and you know he did it and uh 
<laughs> he got hurt, but at the end, when they're doing the dailies, and uh, you know, Bert asked the director, "Well, how did it turn out?" He goes, "Well, it looked like a dummy going over the falls, you know, because <laughs> like, that's what it was." Yep, like it would have been a dummy going off a sweet ramp going downhill in yeah. the neighborhood. <laughs> One of the coolest things about that, Mark, is that Bert Reynolds actually, um, when in the movie Hooper, when they. Because the Hooper was all about stuntmen, and yeah, yeah. he has this reel that he's showing to you know they had a party, and the only two people awake were uh, uh, Burt Reynolds and uh, the other guy, the the young guy, uh-huh. and they're rolling this scene, and it's got Burt Reynolds from these movies, and that scene with him in Deliverance going you know down the river, it, it just it was really cool how they were able to pull that all together, well, you know, sharing his his real yeah. life with uh, mm-hmm. uh, with with a movie. It was yeah. just you know. Amazing how that yeah. worked out. Yeah. Mm. Okay, I gotta watch Hooper today. <laughs> liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mag Show, where, by the way, the soundtrack for your life playing all day. You know, uh, I've, Mark, I've told you how I, I love the fact that my daughter Hannah uh, listens to Christian radio and, and all that. I think it's wonderful, the music, and she's really into it. Um, it's just, I, I don't know why she's using Bluetooth. She's using her phone. She's listening. Why it's not us. I'm like, really baby. You know, I'm <laughs> my kids have never done that. It's like, you've always yeah. been, it's like they would come and I, I get it. I mean, I'm their dad, but when they would come home from school after, if you and I did a bit about them, you know, one of the kids that they wouldn't hear it, but their friends would. And then I would hear about it when they got home from school. Mm-hmm. Why'd you say that? That wasn't my underwear. <laughs> well, anyway, those little things that get you, buddy. <laughs> I might not be so prone to embarrass you if I knew you were listening to the show. Right. I think that's part of it. I yes. knew they weren't. And so, you know, it's like it's almost like mom's not here. The cookie jar's right there. I got this. <laughs> All right. Mark, the headline screams. Seven Connecticut cops injured Ooh. after woman hit their cruiser during a chase. Wow, yeah. A Connecticut woman. Oh, plural. Plural. Cruisers. cruisers. Cruisers, yeah. A Connecticut, a Connecticut woman wanted for dozens of car break-ins has been accused of crashing into eight police cruisers and injuring seven officers during a wild chase on Sunday that ended with her smashing her white Hummer into a pole and being taken into custody. 25-year-old Hannah Casperson was suspected of helping her boyfriend, 31-year-old Thomas Crawford, vandalize and ransack 41 parked vehicles in and around Waterbury last week. Casperson from Brookfield was out on probation during the incidents. Crawford was spotted at a grocery store shopping for meat on Thursday night and placed under arrest, but his girlfriend managed to get away. Waterbury police said city officers tracked down Casperson on Sunday after receiving information about her location and approached the white 2006 Hummer H2 she was in shortly after 8.30 a.m. When cops with guns drawn tried to talk to Casperson in the area of the Rutledge and East Main Streets, the woman struck a cruiser and clipped a utility pole before driving off. Police then attempted to corner Casperson again at Brass Mill Drive in East Main Street, but she hit a cruiser before entering onto Highway uh, Interstate uh, Interstate 84 westbound. Casperson <laughs> yeah. reportedly struck six more cruisers before losing control and wrapping her Hummer ultimately around a utility pole. Hmm. 
where do you start? <laughs> yeah, yeah, where do you start? <laughs> wow. Some people belong in jail, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And th- these people are the illustration of why we have these kind of laws. You put these people right. away. Okay, first strike, third, second strike, third strike. All right, you've proven to us you can't be trusted living among the rest of us. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> liferadio.fm it is the mark and mac show and you know our show uh runs from 6 a.m 10 a.m each weekday mm-hmm. now Same. in the 5 a.m hour we actually do replay um the uh, fourth hour right. on the previous day right you know just because we have if you're in the east coast time zone and you get up is you know it it's just one of those little things that i threw right. in there just for fun gotcha um but anyway um totally lost my train of thought and i wonder you know when that train blows by and you know <laughs> i hear that train coming rolling around the bend somebody ain't has, seen the sunshine somebody has stolen dave's train wow <laughs> finally admitting it mark that's the first step to recovery you know <laughs> all right well let's just do this right. a fire truck was stolen yes <laughs> why you know do you remember the flintstones when they had a fire department it's like everything's made out of stone yes. it's just a, why do we have a fire department you know i don't know maybe it's for the axles and, and on the cars when, there was there was the parking lot you know the parking lot in the back was filled with baby you know carriages because you know the, all the dude that they got together at the volunteer fire department to play poker <laughs> i remember and all their kids sitting out in the back in the sun you know <laughs> that's how we used to treat kids when we were growing up that was how we got treated uh-huh. and it was part of it it was a punchline. yes it was <laughs> anyway back to the fire truck yeah it sorry. was stolen from the park hills fire department in missouri early monday morning the department wrote in a facebook post that the theft of a 1986 red chevy brush truck happened just before 5 a.m it was last seen on front street headed towards highway 32 the department also said the vehicle has a light bar installed but it's not hooked up both the doors of the truck have their park hills fire and rescue uh, logos on them and if you have information you can call 91 the 911 center but don't call 911 don't yeah there's a number at 573-431-3131 so if you're in the all right mark in missouri and we, we probably have listeners in missouri yeah yeah so I know. yeah but so if you see a fire you, <laughs> this fire truck call that number you're talking about stealing a fire truck mm-hmm. that it's not like it's the newest latest greatest this thing was made in 1986 right yeah. okay and I'm just guessing here, okay? I'm just spitballing that if you see a mid-80s red Chevy brush truck, you know, mm-hmm. that might be what they're looking for. I mean, I, I'm just spitballing. <laughs> I, I could be wrong, but I'm just guessing. Why? I, I got to tell just you. why? You're going to steal Go Big, you know? <laughs> yeah. Go big or go home. At least get rid of you know. Ooh, maybe Come they on. went home. Let's. Oh, <laughs> we don't know who they are. That's the problem. But I'm guessing if you have a neighbor that all of a sudden has a mid '80s <laughs> fire truck, you know, you might want to call that number. Yeah. Or hey, look, let me see the truck. That light bar hooked up. Oh, okay. Because that's the important part. The light bar. It says right there in the uh, story. Light bar is not hooked up. <laughs> so what you going to do? Convert it into an RV? Wait a minute. So if I find a 1986 red Chevy brush uh, truck Mm -hmm. and it has a light bar on top, 
you know, it's installed, but it does this work. one is hooked up. Ooh. That yeah, but if, if this one is hooked up, oh. then that's not our truck. Oh. You know that because they said it's not hooked up. So if we find one, but the lights are hooked up, move along. Nothing to see here. These, these are not the droids you're looking for. <laughs> ah, but if it doesn't work, that's our guy. <laughs> liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and mark when i was a little kid watching yogi bear and all that you know and boo boo yeah, yeah. And they they lived in jellystone park right when i got old enough and saw a thing about yellowstone my mom was telling a story about yellowstone and i was like no mom it's jellystone <laughs> i mean i was so i remember correcting her i was so serious it was like she uh-huh. doesn't know that that's called jellystone how does she not know that you know <laughs> There you go, boo I get the impression that both of us were Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes when we were little. You know, <laughs> we both were. Uh, probably more, more SpongeBob and Patrick, but yeah, I'll go with you. All right. <laughs> well, so Mark, tell me about the Yellowstone National Park. Yeah, Yellowstone National Park is uh, offering an annual pass in exchange for a $1,500 donation as part of a fundraising effort in honor of their 150th anniversary. The park hopes that these tickets, these annual passes, called the inheritance passes, will be used by the donor's descendants. The inheritance passes will be valid for entry into Yellowstone in the year 2172, 150 years from now. Donors will also receive a pass to enter Yellowstone that is good for a period of a year after its first use, so you get one for now. Yellowstone Forever, the park's fundraising arm, will use the money to support park projects such as trail improvements, education, native fish conservation, and scientific studies. Um, The CEO, Mm -hmm. president and CEO of Yellowstone Forever, Lisa Dykeman, or Diekman, um, says uh, it's our way of celebrating 150 years of Yellowstone National Park and to help preserve the park for the next 150 years. The concept was created by an an advertising agency in Chicago called Havas Chicago. Rather than looking back to celebrate the park's 150th anniversary, Havas Chicago said they thought it would be the perfect time to look ahead and think about ways to preserve the park for future generations wow 1500 bucks sad part about this Mm -hmm. and i mean it's an interesting idea concept but now we know that the time machine hasn't been developed because they would have come back and said don't do it (laughs) wait a minute minute. mark and mac are back the mark and mac show weekday mornings on liferadio.fm